0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Nougat Bell podcast, all about stories of the South, straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things Chattanooga, life in the South, and beyond. Now pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of sweet tea and join us. We're so glad you're here. So the interesting thing
1: about the Well Read podcast mm-hmm. that I did... Which we recorded over a year ago. And I just went over to Corey Forrester's house. Mm -hmm. And he had me down for about an hour or so, or whenever Mm -hmm. he got tired. And so we cut the conversation off, like right before something fairly major happened. So I was talking about my childhood and, you know, especially you know, growing up in evangelical churches in Florida because mm-hmm. my parents became born-again Christians when I was six months old. Oh, and, good. <laughs> yes. Um, in 1981. It's a great story. Uh, the A very well-meaning church in St. Mm-hmm. Petersburg put an ad out in the paper that went all over Tampa and said Jesus is coming back in April of 1981. We know it for a fact. We know the general date, general time. hmm it seems like a kind of month or time that Jesus would like. So, but, you know, it's it's then. <laughs> and uh, you're all going to want to, you know, take care of your souls before then. Just a heads up. And my parents were like, that, that sounds suspect. <laughs> but let's say if that were true, would we be okay with God? Yeah. and they were both like no <laughs> absolutely not so yeah they they were just like well let's you know confess our sins and repent and they felt very good afterwards and felt like something happened here and yeah they were just like this is this is great and and uh, it really did like change their lives for the mm-hmm. better i mean they really did become better people and more um, you know moral because they were uh afraid so yeah. <laughs> you
0: know I always find conversations about religion interesting because I grew up in the church as well, mm-hmm. but I had a very, very different experience in the church than a lot of people that I know. So I'm always interested to hear. And I, I like I loved my church experience. Yeah. Like I loved, especially in high school, mm-hmm. I got blessed with a really great church and a really great yeah. youth pastor, um, really great group of people that I like went through high school with. And then I tried to, like, keep finding that in college, mm. and I didn't. Anyway, I don't want to make this another podcast about religion, but I did listen to that, and I okay. was like, I was like, Donnie is a youth pastor.
1: Yes, was. <laughs> uh, was. So I, I was in Gainesville, and then I was uh, I was helping out with a mm-hmm. uh, church camp here. Um, I, again, I don't. Think I should get into specifics because no. I haven't told.
0: Anything. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um,
1: so this just seems to come up a lot, but but yeah, I was uh, I was sort of removed from yeah. that. I got gotcha. you. So, I feel you.
0: Yeah. Um, if people are interested, I'll link that episode in the show notes so they can go listen to it on their own time. Sure, I'll do that. <laughs> we're not yeah. we're not going to touch on that. I have yeah. other reasons I want to talk to you. Okay. All right. So if you're new to the podcast, I am here tonight with local comic Donnie Marsh. He has been on the Nougat Bell podcast before, back on episode 10 with our dear friend William Glass. So if you'd like to go back and listen to that, I will also link that in the show notes. Um, And when I went back and listened to our first episode... I realized that I completely glossed over some of the like most important things that I would like to ask a comedian. Fantastic. Which are, well, we kind of talked a little bit about how you got into comedy. Okay. But also about like who are your influences? Who do you look up to? Who are some of your favorite like comedians that are out there?
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, currently, um, I think I'll say some... I threw a some, lot at you. I'll, I'll, I'll say some <laughs> wrong answers, but... Um, really my I mean, my early inspirations were very, very old, mm-hmm. so like Steve Martin is still probably to me the best stand up comedian ever, but I also was a big fan of like Groucho Marx. he has two autobiographies they're both very long, and I've read them both
0: oh really, yeah, nice. he
1: was um forced into show business by his mother,
0: mm-hmm. you know, along
1: with his three brothers, and it was funny she was just like you know, people don't know what they're paying for. Just say we have an act. You know? just, and then they would, she'd have them sing songs. And this was in vaudeville. There were a lot of variety shows. And you just pulled every gimmick out that you could. So now when comedians are purists and they're saying, like, oh, I don't like musical comedy. Like, it's just got to be straight stand-up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's not really part of the tradition. Right. <laughs> you know? um, the tradition is going for broke and getting a laugh any way that you can. Mm-hmm. So I can't do that. But, like, for instance, I'm not very good at crowd work. I'm not good at thinking on my feet. I'd rather write something prepared. Mm -hmm. And even if it seems spontaneous, like, I probably wrote that. (laughs) I probably planned that. And then it's easier for me to do that. Whereas some people in town, like Ryan Darling, is very good at crowd work. Mm -hmm. Really quick on his feet. Dave Hanna or Ben Dalby and that's it. Everyone else is terrible at it. But
0: So is that like a pra- is that something you can like practice or is it one of those things that's super awkward to practice and you're just like born with it or you're not?
1: I think you're born with it gotcha. or you're not. Like I wasn't a class clown mm-hmm. in school. And I think that if you were more like if you were more popular in school, then you're probably better at crowd work. Gotcha. Whereas I was the person <laughs> sitting in the back going like, "I think I could make the teacher laugh <laughs> with this funny answer on my exam." Yeah. You know, so I'm more of a writer than, um, I guess, a a spontaneous performer. That's why I need to take improv classes. Okay. So Improv Chattanooga has classes. Mm -hmm. I've never taken one. I need to because that would help me.
0: We talked about that the last time you were on, and I was going to follow up and ask (sighs) if you've had a chance to do that yet. (laughs) That's
1: a pretty damning reference, though. No.
0: yeah Sorry. then again
1: then again uh there are some like yearly goals that i've had mm-hmm. for and i finally accomplished a couple of them recently so
0: oh what are those one uh of got those, to, the lookout comedy festival
1: one of them was that uh starting lookout comedy festival and the other was getting down to 190 pounds nice. so, like congrats. every single year i was like
0: i'm gonna do that this
1: year and and then i finally was able to nice so, congrats thanks it turns out that if you if you drink quite a bit and then you cut that back by about 90%, you magically have <laughs> a, a thinner face. So that's. It's
0: like when you're in college and you drink all the time, and then you're not in college and you don't drink anymore, and you're like, whoa, what happened?
1: Yeah. 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 You're, you're also like, why am I tired and making better decisions?
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so speaking of the Lookout Comedy Festival, yes. that was a thing that the last time you were on was in its very early stages, and... You've actually done it, and you're already planning year two.
1: Second one, Second yes. one. Yeah, so the first year was really kind of um, just learning how to put it on. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to confess, I've only been to two comedy festivals. Okay. So I'm not putting this on because I'm the most qualified. <laughs> I'm putting it on because I had a plan and, and just mm-hmm. did it. And, and because to...
0: Chattanooga needed it.
1: Yeah, I think so. And... Uh, (laughs) some people just needed to know vaguely what it looked like and Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll get some sponsors this year. Gotcha. Because last year I was the sole sponsor. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, other than EPB who showed our commercial, but as far as people giving us money, um, it's just better, it's less time consuming for me to just do my pressure washing and window cleaning business (laughs) than go knocking on doors saying like, hey, will you please give me X amount of dollars Mm -hmm. to do this and I'll put your logo on something. right. Uh, I mean, I'll just readily confess, anyone who sponsors Lookout Comedy Festival needs to do so out of love for comedy. Mm-hmm. Not because it's the best place to put their advertising dollars, because I don't know where that is. <laughs> if I knew where it was, I'd put my own advertising dollars there. Mm-hmm. But I get most of my business from word of mouth, and I'm on the Home Advisor app. By the way, New View Window Cleaning is the sponsor <laughs> of this particular podcast. Yeah, so comedy fans... Uh, I'm hoping we'll you mm-hmm. know, support this and I'll get on it a little bit earlier as far as selling tickets and everything. But mm-hmm. right now we're not a hundred percent show or percent sure where the main shows will be. Like I know the palace theater will be a part of it and I know that JJ's will be a part of it mm-hmm. and Barley will be a part of it. Oh, awesome. Other than that, nothing is for sure set in stone just because, you know, a lot of, Places change their, or a lot of venues move, you know, over the summer, or, you know, you never know who's going to, like, close down. Like, I know Improv Chattanooga will be open. Right. But I don't know exactly where. They just moved last year, (laughs) you know. Oh, okay. You know, so they moved three doors down from their old location. Gotcha, gotcha. So we're sort of at the mercy of, you know, the venues, of course, to determine what kind of shows we're doing. So, um, but it'll be more than just stand-up comedy. We'll have variety shows. I know Improv will be a part of it. And we've got a couple of shows that are most likely, I'm just going to uh, hope that this is really happening because <laughs> <laughs> i talked to both of them, but uh, Comedy Island is a Survivor-themed show where six comedians compete against each other, and uh, Aaron Chastain and Greg Behrens do that show.
0: Do they, like, vote each other off? Yes. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, they voted me off last time. <laughs> Real smart move, guys.
0: <laughs> I low-key love the show Survivor. Yeah. It's uh
1: yes, so Comedy Island is um there's a there's a, a pun competition.
0: Ooh, sounds like my kind of thing.
1: Okay, well that's you. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so there's there's uh, puns roasting. There is a I think a, a well there's an improvisational thing mm-hmm. where they you're allowed to come with a uh, an impression that you do. Okay, and I don't generally do impressions, mm-hmm. but then they also throw one at you so for me I was like I'm gonna just do the part I was born to play which is Tucker Carlson and <laughs> oh my god I can see it <laughs> yes so, so I just talked about how like like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez had ruined my Christmas by turning me on too much <laughs> And my children were horrified. So Then, they, then I was like, okay, what's, what's the one that you have prepared for me? And mm-hmm. they said, okay, Bernie, the, do your impression of Bernie Sanders finding out that he's a member of the 1%. <laughs> and I was just like, um, uh, I cannot believe it. And I was like, am I close? I don't know what he sounds like.
0: So. I'm not too far.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just did a ridiculous yeah. Italian accent.
0: So you mentioned roasting. I feel like there's a fine line between, like, roasting someone and just being an asshole. And, and that is, um, uh... Like, how do you know you've crossed that line? Well... Or do you ever know? <laughs>
1: I am... Care- Here's how, like, you know like, who I really like. The more I like someone, the freer I feel to be mean to them. okay. So okay. if I don't like someone, there's only so far I'm gonna go.
0: Gotcha.
1: Because it's gonna come from a place of genuine like hate. <laughs> so, I feel that. <laughs> like, no, I'm not gonna say that there. So if I so, feel yeah. That. So if you're like, oh, he really went easy on me. He must like me. Not the case. Uh, <laughs> Good no, to know. I, I just I don't. Know. I I genuinely like. I'm less misanthropic than most comics. I, I really <laughs> like most people. Mm-hmm. But. You know, one of the reasons I think that I was able to put on the comedy festival is that I may be the only uh Chattanooga comic with whom everyone is on speaking terms. Oh. So, like, there are old simmering beefs and most of them are very dumb. Or they're As just As they like, usually are. Well, or it's just like, yeah, you two would never like each other.
0: Like, yeah. Don't...
1: Neither of you should feel bad about that. Like, gotcha. okay, like it's. Think of it as a work relationship. You it happens. Yeah, yeah. If you're in an office, you don't have to like everybody, but you <laughs> sometimes at the party you have to pretend you do, and you know everyone knows you're lying, and that's okay. <laughs> you know? So make it till you make it. Yeah, yeah. Roasting is. I mean, I've heard sometimes, like, just the better the joke is, the meaner it can be, and okay. that's a good rule for most of comedy in in terms of taste. If something is a 9 on offensiveness, then it needs to be a 9 in terms of being funny, too. Okay. For the audience to let you get away with it.
0: Gotcha. So if it's
1: only a 2 on funny and it's 9 on offensive, then you're going to lose most people. Gotcha. Except for the, like, 10% of contrarians in the audience. <laughs> and they always exist, but, you know, it. I don't know. I I'm usually trying to make most of the crowd laugh.
0: Gotcha. So... I think you mentioned in, again, the Well Read podcast that you were taking submissions for the Lookout Comedy Festival this year? Yes. So what's that been like? Slash has it started? It
1: has started. We started on March 1st. Okay. And so one of the the many mistakes I made with last year's festival was that I, I just overbooked it. It was, mm-hmm. it was uh, invitation only, and again, I invited too many people because I like too many people. <laughs> so I had to call some people and say, hey, I can't justify you driving all the way from there for like an eight-minute spot. So sorry, let me move you to next year. So this year we're taking submissions partly because it kind of, well, it weeds some people out mm-hmm. just because some people don't want to spend the money and don't want to take the chance of being rejected, which I fully understand. Same. I I like register for so few festivals and I haven't in a while and part of that has to do with my job, but mm-hmm. that's also an excuse I make so that I <laughs> so that I can't you know get rejected. So I hats off to everybody who has submitted mm-hmm. because you know like i almost want to send a personal letter to each one and say like it was very funny you know we just couldn't fit mm-hmm. so, cuz we have almost 80 submissions right now oh wow and that's for about 25 to 30 spots wow so
0: and um how much longer are submissions going to be open for
1: they're going to be open until the end of july but oh, wow. this was our early bird special so gotcha. most festivals are you know 20 bucks or more to submit to so we had a special ten dollar thing in March just to sort of be nice but also get as many in early as we could Mm -hmm. because that would help us um not that we've started watching them yet okay
0: that was going to be my next question was like do you just like watch like a ton of things and like how is it like all relative did you make yourself a rubric like how do you even like evaluate someone for something like this
1: well, it's uh, just on attractiveness. It, that's all it is. <laughs> you know, no ugly comics, I say. So, first of all, that's, that's not a job mm-hmm. I would take on okay. myself. And second, I am incapable of judging local comics. Okay. Because I've seen too many of them for way too long. And so this is a, an analogy I've used a lot recently because I just found it out and I'm very excited. But <laughs> in, uh, when The Godfather came out, Roger Ebert panned Marlon Brando's performance. Said he didn't like it, thought it was over the top and too much, and mm-hmm. this is you know considered a great performance. Now, the problem was Marlon Brando had just been in five terrible movies and been terrible in all of them. Okay. And he was considered washed up, and so Roger Ebert couldn't watch Marlon Brando like with a blank slate. He was just like, I don't like this guy. Gotcha. Like, personally... I don't like his performances. He's a lunatic, he's washed up. And it took, you know, the dumb ignorant masses <laughs> watching the movie and going like, "This is a great movie." For him to come back and say, "Oh, you know, they were right. I I was wrong." He so, had the
0: preconceived notions.
1: Yeah, and I mean, everybody's got their favorites. I have people who are friends of mine and, you know, and plus it it's just so stressful to tell people like, "Yeah, you Sorry, i like Even if I did have two other people look at your video, like, I signed off on you not making it, right. you know? So, um, I thought of doing something where it's like I have five saves or I have five vetoes where, like, nope, not him, mm-hmm. you know? But really, I mean, what it's probably going to be is, you know, have two people from out of town watching the locals. Okay. And... If you can make it through that gauntlet, like, if both say, like, yes, you're, you know, you should be on, then we'll we'll look at that again, you know. But for people out of town, like, there were, our first submission was from uh, Seattle. Oh, wow. And it's somebody, I, I f- can't remember her name right now, but I'd never heard of her. Uh, the video, everything looked very professional and very well done, so I'm like, well, oh, she'll probably make it. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know. But I'm making sure that other people who have worked, not just, you know, been on festivals, but have worked on festivals and Mm -hmm. been judges before are helping me do this Mm -hmm. because I um, selfishly want to learn from them. Yeah. I am going to watch every video, but it would make me feel a lot better if somebody who's been on the board of a festival in Atlanta or Nashville, you know, a few years or Memphis Mm -hmm. can take a look and say, hey, maybe like... Don't be blown away by that gimmick.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know? So... Because we asked for a five- to seven-minute tape. Okay. And...
0: Is that about, like, a normal bit for, like, a stand-up yeah. show? Yeah. Okay.
1: So, a, an eight-minute set is what you'll do on a lot of showcases. Okay. And that's the minimum of what you would do on the festival. But, you know, we, we want people who are traveling from out of town to do more time from mm-hmm. that. So, it's almost to like... make it a, worth it. Yeah. So, if people are traveling a long way and... Like I think we think they're good, but they're maybe not as you know they're only like an eight minute performer. We're not gonna waste their time. You know. So I would like people from out of town to do a little bit more time. At least that's that's the idea right now. Gotcha. And again, like I've I'm I have a lot of plates spinning right now. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong about this. Like if, if somebody Uh, If somebody listens to this festival and goes, like, you're nuts, that's not how you do it, please (laughs) contact me (laughs) and uh, let's talk. I mean, I have good reasons for everything I'm doing, but I'm not right about everything. Gotcha. As many people have already (laughs) uh, informed me.
0: It is all a learning experience. Um, So another thing that you were doing around town that a lot of people know about is a little show called Chat Talk Tonight. Yes. Which was very early on the last time we talked. Okay. So... Let's talk about how that has been going. You do it once a month. Yes. Yes, and each show has a different theme.
1: That's right. That is just sort of helpful for writing it. So it's a late-night talk show, and sort of the the gimmick is that we travel through time because we can't afford real celebrities. This is a small (laughs) show in Chattanooga. So we pick a topic, and we select, well, we just think of like who would be funny to have on the show. So for... For instance, we are, um, on April 13th, we're doing Religion Part 2.
0: Okay.
1: So the first time we did that, it was it was the first show, we had a Old Testament God, <laughs> played by Ben Dalby. We had, and then we had Ryan Darling planted in the audience as Job, who had a bone to pick <laughs> with Old Testament God. And then Dave Hanna played Satan, who, to no one's surprise, was a pop country artist who has... <laughs> Who had written a song called "Truck Jeans Beer Situation" and he wanted to perform it. So, um, any so the,
0: particular pop country artist, or just like your stereotypical? Just
1: pop? stereotypical. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have so, a few
0: that come to mind. <laughs> he was.
1: I, I understand that he's very um, inspired by Florida Georgia Line. So,
0: I, those were the first ones that came to mind. <laughs> they
1: are for most people. Yeah. So he said, "I mean, so I'll I'll help sort of." write some basic prompts with the comics who play the characters so like i told dave i was like one thing i want you to say is uh like one of the reasons i love country music is that it just keeps getting better and better over time and then i can say like oh you are the devil because <laughs> only the devil would think that
0: and then out pops
1: yeah so he comes out and he, you know we're very minimalist on costumes he wore a pair of horns and that was it <laughs> And clothes. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a Hawaiian shirt, but anyway, that's... Sounds so, about right. So we always know how we're going to end the bit, but not much else, because we wanted to be somewhat spontaneous. So I do the monologue where I, I introduce the topic, then we do panel with two or three guests, but then we also have comics from you know out of town doing stand-up, and we usually have a musical guest. So, mm-hmm. we've had Spinster, Superbody, uh, So Chill, uh, a few others and last month though we had uh Ryan and Dave's new synth pop supergroup Good Cop, Rad Cop, which <laughs> had never performed or written a song before. Oh. So they were just doing funny things, mm-hmm. you know, at home and I was like, "Would you guys actually perform?" and and he was like, uh, and Ryan was like, "Yeah, sure." And I was like, "Just read a couple of songs." And they were very, very funny. One was called Best Friends, about uh, having feelings for, for a friend and just being like, like, wouldn't it be funny if we kissed? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> very That would beneficial. be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other one was, everyone knows that you're high. <laughs> so <laughs> that was great. <laughs> So just like just like both of them were playing the thoughts that you would hear in your head, just mm-hmm. like your mouth is making noise, I can hear it. So that was that was really fun.
0: And, so how do you keep coming up with like new ideas and themes for each show?
1: Well I'm glad you asked that. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it it really is I mean there there's any number of topics. Like we've been putting philanthropy on the back burner for a while okay simply because when i first moved to chattanooga it seemed like a lot of well-meaning like young people were starting
0: a non-profit
1: and had never i mean they just had good intentions and nothing else and so we're starting a fake non-profit called look out i'm helping <laughs> <laughs> and but we've had this idea like for months and yeah. ashley saturday makes some of the videos for it, and she's been really excited, and she'll be like, "When are we doing philanthropy?" and I was like, "I, I don't know we gotta uh i it it's partly based on who we have booked mm-hmm. from out of town, so there may be you know a comedian who I know like is very funny on stage, but I don't know who they can play. Gotcha, so we organize it around that to be quite honest okay. so <laughs> so. And depending on how organized I am on the week leading up to it, I might be really surprised. Mm-hmm. So Dedrick Flynn from Atlanta came up and I was like, can you just, I just need you to play Jesus. And Dedrick played Jesus as a Rastafarian. What is,
0: uh, what's a
1: Rastafarian? A Jamaican, like it's a, oh really? That's Okay. It's a, boy, you're leading me down a dangerous path. It is, <laughs> Uh, it is a distant offshoot of Christianity. And you know what? Just just look it up. Okay. Rastafarian. Yeah. Bob Marley was sort of tied to him, but Okay. I I really should look it up on Wikipedia before I try to explain. Okay. It. So I should, but anyway, but very Jamaican accent.
0: Okay. And I was picturing kind of a Bob Marley type thing. Okay, yeah.
1: So that's what Dedrick was doing. At, oh, the topic that, that time was revenge. So Ooh. the reason that I wanted him to play Jesus was that. I wanted three different characters who had strong opinions on the concept of revenge. So <laughs> Jesus would say, turn the other cheek, you know, let it go. And the, the show was based around the fact that I was beat up when I was eight by my next-door neighbor. And now I know where he lives. Ooh! I know where he works through the magic of the internet. And I looked him up, and it turns out that he's kind of a good person now.
0: Okay. Or at
1: least it seems like it. he seems mm-hmm. to be a decent person, and he's got a great relationship. I'm really happy for him. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, should I, you know, let it go? So one of, one of the comics played. Uh, oh, so Natasha played Carrie Underwood.
0: Interesting.
1: Because she did the song before he cheats. Ah. Uh, and so she was strongly one of my favorite songs. Pro revenge. Very pro revenge, and just be like. So, so so, her advice was, well, you know what you got to do? You got to sleep with his best friend. And I was like, I don't want to. No. How would that even help? She's like, you just got to do it. I was like, no. So uh, who was the other one? I can't remember.
0: Jesus, Carrie Underwood.
1: The other one was pro-revenge as well. It might be one of the Hatfields and McCoys.
0: That would make sense. <laughs> so,
1: like, someone in a in a blood feud. I feel terrible. I can't remember. But, yeah, so once you come up with the topic, like, I'm a history nerd, so it's mm-hmm. very easy to come up with, like, oh, well, who would think, who would have a strong opinion about this?
0: Right.
1: So, for sports, we had uh, Cedric Middlebrooks play James Harden, currently leading the NBA in scoring. And we also had uh, Dave Hanna play uh, James Naismith, the inventor of basketball. Yes. So I didn't know this until I looked basketball up. I knew that Naismith had invented basketball, but I didn't know that he was just trying to come up with a safe game for kids to play. Because he took some ideas from a game called Duck on a Rock. (laughs) Duck on a Rock was a very popular game in the 1870s and 80s. All you needed was a rock. And a bunch of other rocks. And human bodies to absorb contact with thrown rocks.
0: That sounds safe.
1: Yeah. It was It was really not. You, you, so you take a heavy rock, you put it on a post, and there, there are two teams. So one of the teams is on the outside, and they've got little rocks, and they're trying to knock that rock off the post. But the inner circle of kids is trying to block the throws of rocks. I see. How every child did not have an eye patch back then, I don't know. Right. But... Naismith realized that your, your best shot at knocking the rock off the post was actually a high arcing shot mm. because you could take more time to aim. And so he based basketball on that. He was like, well, I want to put the basket up so high that no one could actually touch it mm-hmm. because these were, you know, Midwestern teenagers right. of the late 1890s. Now, you know, I mean, we're all dunking on it, <laughs> you know. especially me. I can totally dunk so he he put it up that high, and in spite of that, that like, dribbling had not been introduced. Mm-hmm. And so it was really, like, rugby, and there was, like, a separated shoulder and a concussion in the mm-hmm. first game. These are the things that I remember whenever people say that, you know, the country is going downhill. <laughs> I think we're smarter. I think so. We're definitely smarter. Yes. You know, so. Yeah, that's long tangent. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, so we just... Start with the topic, and then the second half of the show can go in any direction. We've mm-hmm. had um, Anthony Byrd, who's a um, – he's the District 9 City Councilman okay. on the show for our politics episode. And last year – or last month, we had uh, DJ Lewis, who actually does have a nonprofit called Y'all, Young Artists Learning Leadership. That's Okay, cool. Yeah, and so, like, we'll always have a, a serious – topic or a serious conversation as well and then some really good comic closes us out okay 75 minutes we're we're heading in a more pg-13 direction so if you had to bring your parents
0: or (laughs) or
1: kids you could so seems like a
0: very well-balanced show
1: yeah yeah it's all over the place if it starts to drag we just jump to the next thing okay because we know that we have a really strong stand-up set at the very end Mm -hmm. so if something isn't going well we're like well let's just cut this short and get to the good thing gotcha so we we never make people yawn. So.
0: That's always the goal. Yes. <laughs> you said the next one is April 13th. April 13th.
1: Now that is a special show because uh, Ian Aber, a very good comic from Atlanta, is recording his album.
0: With Ooh, us. that's awesome. So
1: we've never done that before. To my knowledge, no one has ever recorded an album in Chattanooga before. And so we are cutting chat talk a little bit short and making it a double feature. So we are doing um might be philanthropy this time no sorry it's religion part two i'd right. forgotten that. yes so matt patterson of improv chattanooga is playing abraham bridget martin is playing the sumerian love goddess inanna and jimmy <laughs> sowell is playing poseidon the new upstart and we've uh we're actually getting some pretty decent costumes for all of them but. nice so that'll that'll be about 15 minutes but we're gonna wrap that up after about 45 minutes total on the show we're gonna take a, a quick intermission so people can uh, get a beer and go to the bathroom and then Ian will record 45 minutes and he's already done some recording but we're gonna he's gonna overlap it as awesome. he sees fit you know so that's so cool yeah so yeah we're trying to like just bring in more comics from Atlanta and Nashville who are just Really strong and and dependable because, like, there's a lot of really strong comics in Chattanooga, but we have to. Well, it's tough for most of us to do 20 minutes at a time. Right. There just aren't that many shows for us to do that on, so we're not getting the practice that's necessary. So you really have to kind of go on tour Mm -hmm. and go out where people don't know you. So you could say, Sure, I can do 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, book me as a headliner. Sure. (laughs) Absolutely. And by trying and you know, failing somewhat, you know, in front of uh, audiences who aren't expecting that much. Right. Then you could get a lot better. So, like, only two, I think DJ Lewis and Moody Malavi are the only two local comics, and I I already became aware of who I'm insulting by saying that, but uh, (laughs) who, who I think do headlining spots at the Comedy Catch. Okay. So, actually, I think Jerry Harvey and... Karen Mills, other people. Janet Williams lives close by. She
0: was at Lookout this past year, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: she was uh, one of our first headliners. And she, I mean, she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. She's And she's very uh, kind to younger comics. That was part of why we booked her. So <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed from doing comedy that there is no bigger divide in the audience than age
0: Okay, I can see
1: that. It's it's not religious, it's not racial, it's not political even. It's mm-hmm. by age. It's
0: they're, numerical. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. There are just, I mean, 25-year-olds and 50-year-olds or 70-year-olds laugh at totally different things. And they'll all laugh at dirty jokes but not around each other. So you could do, like, a really filthy joke and a 25-year-old would be like, I want to laugh at that. But I'm not going to co-sign on that joke in front of my mom. <laughs> She's right here. <laughs>
0: True.
1: <laughs> I can't laugh. So, and the mom might be thinking the same thing, like, I might laugh at that, but not while my kid's here.
0: Right. <laughs> you know? I don't want my kid to think I'm gross. Yeah,
1: I need them to think that I disapprove of this. Right. And I would never laugh at that. <laughs> so, uh, but Janet is extremely nice to, or has been nice to all of us, whether we were good or not from the minute that we started, so. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Shifting gears a little bit, you've mentioned a few things that kind of lead perfectly into one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um... I've noticed in the past few months that there have been like little comedy shows like popping up all over town, like at bars, at breweries. And then you mentioned um, your first submission for this year's Lookout Comedy Festival was from Seattle. Yeah. So what does that tell you about local comedy in Chattanooga?
1: So thanks to Netflix and uh, shows like Crashing or Podcasts, that uh, that are started by comedians. More people right now are trying comedy than ever, mm-hmm. and most people are somewhat decent. You know, I think almost everybody has a good five minutes in them. There's, you know, some good story or ob- observation that you have. It's just a matter of learning how to tell it on stage, which that's just a different, you know, talent altogether. And it takes longer to do that than to have, you know, something funny, you know, right. happen to you. Everyone is funny around their friends. Mm -hmm. Your friends may not be in the audience, though. And your friends may not... Or or the the audience may not be able to picture the thing that you're trying to make funny. But along with all these people trying comedy for the first time, or just getting into it, you know, into the open mic scene over the last year or two, you know, you just can't accommodate everyone on the pre-existing shows that we had. Which were not many. So a lot of people are starting their own shows. So, like, I only have had chat talk tonight as of a year and cutthroat comedy and once a month started at the palace theater around the same time they were all like things that um, rose cox wanted to do when she you know reopened the palace theater and i think those were all like her ideas she approached me about doing a late night talk show just because she thought i had the look <laughs> by which i mean i owned a suit and <laughs> no one else did but even so, like with all the with those three shows, there has, so Improv vs. Stand Up is a really good show um, that has like put a lot of comics on their very first show. And there's I, I think there's they're doing a monthly one at the Moxie now. Every once in a while, Bridget Martin is putting some together. Oh cool. Yeah. So it's really just and there are, again others I'm forgetting, but if you're Frustrated with not getting booked, you can start your own show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, that was a little bit of like about or part of me putting the festival together. I mean, I'm, I'm in a happy relationship and I have a business that keeps me here, so I can't be a road comic even if I wanted to, which right. I don't. I'm 38. I don't want to go on exhausting. the road. Yeah, and it's it's it can be pretty bleak. I have a lot of friends who are road comics, and they're like, yeah, don't do it if you don't have to. <laughs> but Thanks
0: for the tip. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's like, it's one of those things that like, you know if you should do it or not. Um, but I started a festival to bring people to me. So, okay. I mean, anyone who saved up some money to put it on could do it, you know. But I just had to. That was the thing that I needed to do. So, yeah, if you want to get booked more often, you either need to go on the road or you have to start your own show. Mm-hmm. Or just be patient or get better.
0: <laughs> or, you know,
1: um, you, know if, if you if you're just like, well, I can't get better if I'm not booked on more shows, then, you know, starting your own thing mm-hmm. can be a way to do that. So actually hosting an open mic is one of the few things that I've never done, but it has crossed my mind many times. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of comics have used as their foray into mm-hmm. getting booked more often. So.
0: I get it. And when you do
1: that, it helps everybody.
0: Yeah, I get it. So Awesome. Well, is there anything we haven't covered that you want to throw out there?
1: Go to uh, Find the Palace Theater uh, on Facebook, and you can buy tickets to the shows there. Um, please give a like on Facebook to Chat Talk Tonight and to Lookout Comedy Festival, and just, you know, you can follow me on Instagram awesome. at is there Life on Marsh.
0: <laughs> I love so. your Instagram handle so much. <laughs> it's it's
1: mostly just weird pictures of things I find during work. That,
0: That's not you know, always a bad thing.
1: Relatable. Yes, yeah.
0: very. All right, we are wrapping up with the jar. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know all about this. Oh, yes. But for new listeners, this is my mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper and all sorts of fun things for us to talk about. You know the drill. Um, If you had a friend moving to Chattanooga, what's the first place you would tell him or her to go?
1: Oh, okay. Well, this just happens to be the first place that we bring people when they come into town. The Blue Fox.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Blue Fox Cheese Shop. B-L-E-U. I actually have some food waiting for me at home uh, right now from there. But yeah, Chattanooga has an amazing cheese shop started by three cheesemongers who used to work at Whole Foods. And you can go there and, and, you know, I go there on Sundays in the afternoon and just say, you know, make me a decadent sandwich. I give them no instructions and it's a great $10 sandwich. Mm -hmm. I've done
0: that several times. Yeah.
1: So when uh, my girlfriend who wants to remain anonymous in every way possible... Uh, When we got back from Italy last year, Mm -hmm. there were very few places in Chattanooga that could really hold a candle to the food that we had just had. and I
0: believe it. Blue
1: Fox was one of the few places that we could Mm -hmm. count on to kind of blow our minds.
0: Yes. I have seen you there on several occasions. Yes.
1: (laughs) Pretty much every Sunday. We go to Velo and then to Blue Fox.
0: Yep. And they do a cheese and beer pairing every Sunday. Free. Yes.
1: We call it Hipster Communion.
0: (laughs) That fits. They love that. <laughs> um, first place, I would tell them to go or take them would be I'm big on stir. Oh, really? I, I love stir. Sell
1: me on stir.
0: Okay. I like their food. They do a really good job. I've never had okay. a bad experience there. Okay. Um, I think they don't do anything like super extravagant, but okay. they do the like classic southern stuff with a modern spin. And they do it very well. Okay. And I love their cocktail program.
1: Oh, uh, their cocktail program is very good.
0: They have my favorite mint julep in the entire city. Really? Yes.
1: That's high praise.
0: Because they do it right. Okay. I have tried getting mint juleps at other places, only to be let down and have paid way too much money for it.
1: I think I've been there three times. Mm-hmm. And I think every single time I was there, I was like, Four stars. Like, gotcha. they didn't really blow me away, like, say, Main Street Meats does. Or oh, Blue Main Fox. Street Meats. Yeah. So there are a lot of places, I mean, whose praises I could sing. Whereas Stir, I'm just like, it's good. Gotcha. <laughs> really good. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, no, the bartenders there, though, I, I would I would say very nice things about. Yes. They're, they're really good with their cocktails.
0: Yes. I like their happy hour, too. And I don't get to go very often because I work until 6, and it only goes till 630 so I have to like rush from work to get there, but on the occasion that I can get there. Okay. Like $1.50 sliders, $1.50 dips. When is this? It's during the week from like 4 to 6.30 or 4.30 to 6.30 or something like that. Okay. And they have like some like well drink specials, but they also have like a featured cocktail of the week. That's like a seven dollar cocktail that's usually like ten or twelve bucks. Holy
1: cow! So okay.
0: sometimes when they put the mint julep on the cocktail of the week, I'm like, hey, seven dollar mint julep, hit me up.
1: Okay, you've sold me. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is good. Yeah, because we live on Main Street, so it's okay. Pretty. Oh, you're
0: easy. right there. Nice. Yes. Yeah.
1: Speaking of which, I was blown away last week by State of Confusion's burger. Really? Yeah, I, I I got it because I was looking for something quick. I was like, does the burger come out really fast? And they're like, yeah, pretty quick. And and it came out. I mean, and they're right next to. You know, main street meat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. tough to uh compete. But yeah. I was really, really surprised. Good
0: to know. Happy. Next time I go I'll have to try it.
1: Yeah. So if you're starving, I mean it's it's sizable. Yeah. So
0: um last time I saw you there, I was pounding mimosas because I was like <laughs> three quarters voice gone and was like, This has orange juice in it.
1: <laughs> you you seemed normal. So Oh, know.
0: I think I was only like wanted by the time you got there yeah you, or the you, time I saw you
1: you seem pretty steady yes we were just watching uh, basketball
0: so. nice I was trying not to lose my voice anyway what's yours
1: oh mine is well kind of related what's your favorite kind of cheese
0: ooh I haven't had this one on here yet my obsession right now thanks to the guys at Blue Fox Cheese Shop is ash ripened goat cheese
1: ooh that is good
0: uh Otherwise, I love brie and smoked gouda
1: okay i uh I really like blue cheese a lot okay and uh, and i don 't know if this is a blue cheese, but the first time I went there, they were telling me about uh a cheese I think they were giving samples of it actually, but it was it came from cows who graze on the side of a vol- of a volcano
0: interesting
1: that was pretty good, but that that particular cheese just comes from that particular mountain. So that's the kind of cheese that they have at the Blue Fox. Mm-hmm. And they know all about it. They are licensed cheesemongers, mm-hmm. which I didn't know was a thing until... I didn't either. Yeah. They've got the licenses up on the walls. Yep. But yeah, uh, any any kind of fancy blue cheese. It's a shame that it's too expensive to put on sandwiches. Yeah. Because I could go for that.
0: That would be good.
1: They use raclette a lot.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: So, (laughs) that's a pretty solid one.
0: Yes. All right. Let's do one more each. Okay. Let me get a green one here. Oh, I've gotten this one, and I'll be excited to hear what you have to say. One song or band I love to hate.
1: I love to hate. Oh, boy, that that requires some thought, but... (laughs) I would say this probably isn't the right answer but I'm just going to say Fallout Boy
0: I don't like recent Fallout Boy no not at all
1: no, and I think it's because their budget is way smaller. Yes. <laughs> so their production value has dropped off a little bit, as has everyone. But no, I uh, we, we did a comedy show called uh, Drop Up Video recently where you roasted a music video. <laughs> and so I picked Dance Dance because I was like, everyone's going to remember this. Yep. Everyone's heard this a thousand times, but not recently. So I just kind of talked over it and paused mm-hmm. it at appropriate times like at the very beginning where she's like you look so nice and it's like well he should he's wearing more makeup than you yeah but yeah they uh i i i I couldn't deny i had a great time watching it Mm -hmm. I it's like i ah, i find these guys kind of annoying but like it's nostalgic still
0: i remember sugar we're going down was the first music video that i like remember vividly seeing And I was like, this makes no sense, but I can't stop watching. I was.
1: You were 13, okay. I was 13, yes. But you were 13 when you saw the the first music video that you really remember?
0: I mean, well, I had seen, like, other country music ones, but, like, country music videos in, like, the early 2000s, like, weren't anything special. I guess Sugar We're Going Down was the first one that I remember seeing and being like, what in the world...
1: The first music video I ever saw was Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle in, I think, 1987. Because my best friend Dale had a satellite, and I went over to his house, and there was a lot of, like, occult symbols and witch, <laughs> witchcraft and stuff. And I was like, I don't know if we should be watching this. so, But it was, it was a catchy song, so.
0: Nice. All right, uh, round us out.
1: What's one of your guilty pleasures?
0: Take out fried rice, covered in white sauce, or yum yum sauce, or whatever. It's called. And wavy potato chips.
1: <laughs> I am so glad you went first. <laughs> okay, let's tone it down a little bit. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, this is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not proud of this, but a lot of times comedians will record their own sets on their phones mm-hmm. and leave it in the back while they go up to the front. And uh, if I've had enough to drink and I'm feeling saucy, I will pick their phone up and narrate the set as it goes along. <laughs> and it's so clear that it's me doing it, but I'm just like, that didn't go that well. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> Maybe drop it. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done that, but I, I feel like such a jerk the next day. I'm like, oh, jeez, I hope that was funny. <laughs> But it's probably you're the not.
0: actual narrator in their head.
1: That is, it's I, I, it's actually a pleasure, and I actually feel guilty about it. So there we go. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. All right, we are going to wrap up there. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you for joining me. I'm glad we got to sit down and catch up. Yeah. I think you mentioned your Instagram handle. Is there life on Marsh. Yes. Yep. And then I'll plug everything for Chat Talk and Lookout and all that in the show notes when yeah. the episode goes live. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Donnie. Of course. It's been great. This has been another episode of the Nougat Bell Podcast. Thank y'all so much for listening, and I'll catch y'all on the next.